0: KY 420 is an informative and educational resource for the New York cannabis market, designed and maintained by Cube USA LLC, New York State Card Applicant Number 539. Phase one of our positive impact plan is to help other card applicants and future licensees gain access to industry connections and New York businesses operating within the cannabis space. Our extensive knowledge from seed to sale allows us to provide others with a valuable edge among competition. With deep roots across New York State, Cube has built priceless relationships with cultivators, processors, landowners, investors, and local municipalities. Our creative edge for cannabis and staying in tune with the hottest industry trends and cutting edge tech is the driving force behind our ability to become a market leader and set industry standards while helping others reach the same success. Hosted by me, Dina Browner, better known as Dr. Dina, with Quan Liddell, George Vlamis, and financial guru, David Rabinovitz. This is NY420. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. Before we introduce ourselves, we want to make it clear that the first goal of this podcast is to help prepare card applicants for a round two selection and provide them with as much insight and direction as possible to help advance themselves into a grand opening celebration. If you are among the winners of New York State's card license, that means you have entered the second phase of your application. You will have 60 days to provide additional information. Once you receive notification from the OCM, you will be asked to submit this information, including, but not limited to, updated or new true parties of interest, your staff list, your certificate of occupancy, financial statements, vendor agreements, workers' comp insurance, Paid Family Leave Insurance, Unemployment Insurance, Certificate of Authority from the New York State Department of Tax and Finance if applicable, Certificate of Incorporation or Application for Authority from the New York State Department of State. You'll need a Labor Peace Agreement, Business Continuity Plan, and to provide fingerprints so that they may obtain criminal justice history. We will be dedicating an episode to each of these topics and bringing in industry experts to interview. Most of these items can, can be completed ahead of time. The goal of this podcast is to help you find easy access to the information that you need. As Alexander Graham Bell said, before anything else, preparation is the key to success. So let's get to work. Now it's time for some introductions to our team. Please welcome card applicant number 539, Kwan Liddell.
1: Thanks, Dina. Hello, everyone. A little background on myself. I grew up in Albany, New York and what the OCM considers a priority zone because out of all marijuana arrests in Albany, New York, 90% of them were African-American individuals And I was one of them. When I was 18, I was arrested and served time for criminal possession of marijuana. I feel like the negative mark on my record has held me back from reaching my full potential. I was an 18 year old serving prison time for the exact same plant that I could be selling legally if selected for this car license. That's crazy to me when I hear myself say that aloud. I hope to be able to get a license so I will always be able to provide for my son and my family's future and give back to others. So for this incredible opportunity, I would like to genuinely thank New York State, the legislators, the Office of Cannabis Management, the Cannabis Advisory Board, my incredible team, as well as everyone else involved in giving my family and countless others the opportunity to create generational wealth for themselves and their families because we deserve it.
0: Wow, Quan, that's, that's so powerful. Thank you so much. That was great. All right, next up we have George Vlamis.
2: Thank you, Dina. And hello, everyone. I'm George Vlamis, the COO of Cube. I've been working in high-value businesses all my life. I've owned and operated restaurants that we've served upwards of 700 people a day. And that's where I developed my skills with age-restricted sales and having to simultaneously manage multiple venues under one roof. There was never a slow day, and I polished my time management skills for mass production. I've also ventured into tech and a startup restaurant delivery service identical to today's DoorDash and Uber Eats, I later created a POS system designed for casual dining restaurants, and I am excited to enter the cannabis space, and I am real excited to help others as well and and share all the connections that I make and anything that I can offer another card applicant at this time to help them get their application passed.
0: I love that, George. Thank you so much. All right, next up, we have our CFO, David Rabinovich.
3: Thanks, Dr. Dana. I'm glad to be here. Um, I, I'm, and I'm thrilled to be on this team. I've been in the cannabis space since about December 2010. I jumped in full time in late 2018, contract trainer for the Mass Cannabis Control Commission Social Equity Program. And that got me immersed in some of the challenges that the social equity folks are having. So I'm thrilled to be on a team that is about social equity here in New York.
0: David, you're awesome. I, I love that having you on here and you have just been so helpful to us so far. And I know you're going to be able to help so many different card applicants as well. And uh, I guess I'm I'm up next. Uh, for you, those of you who don't know, I'm Dr. Dina. I'm the CEO of Cube. A little bit about me. I am the inspiration for the TV show Weeds. I received my nickname, Dr. Dina, from the one and only Snoop Dogg for helping him acquire his very first letter. A recommendation for medical cannabis. I'm not a doctor, but I am board certified by Snoop Dogg, guys, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I've been in the cannabis industry for over 20 years. I am a former co-owner of the oldest continuously operating dispensary in the United States, including several other dispensaries, cultivation, manufacturing, delivery, and distribution businesses in California and Oregon. In 2015, I co-founded a 501c 513c, which is a uh, an amazing group that has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for people serving time in prison for nonviolent victimless cannabis crimes. I'm also the host of a podcast, Cannabis Confidential, and you can learn more about me by going to my website, Dr. Dina420. All right, now that you've met the team, let's get to business. Today's episode is all about cannabis banking. As you know, New York became the 15th state to legalize adult-use cannabis, and sales are expected to eventually generate $350 million a year in yearly tax revenue and billions of dollars in annual sales. But there are still complications, especially for financial institutions servicing cannabis-based businesses, and most especially for the cannabis businesses themselves. Although just yesterday, President Biden announced that he has taken steps towards decriminalizing and potentially loosening the federal classification, as of today, October 7th, 2022, cannabis is still federally illegal as a Schedule I drug. Financial institutions, therefore, are prohibited from providing banking services to businesses that violate any federal law. And while New York-based cannabis businesses will be legal under state law, banks will continue to struggle with providing banking services to us for fear of federal prosecution. This should change in the future. But for card applicants, the clock is ticking. In a joint statement, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, along with Cory Booker and Ron Wyden said, Ending the federal marijuana prohibition is necessary to right the wrongs of this failed war on drugs and end decades of harm inflicted on communities of color across the country. In a recent interview, Amber Littlejohn, the executive director of the Minority Cannabis Business Association, said, you're dealing with an industry that already doesn't have access to capital and resources, so it's going to be imperative That we have access to those services and support on day one. Although there are only six states that fund social equity businesses, none of them have actually offered the money prior to the opening of their adult use markets. Timely training and other technical support services are critical as well. I believe that New York is really committed to making those resources available. The key is going to be when those resources become available Because there are requirements through the application process that applicants are going to have to meet to get licensed. And if that support comes later, then that's not going to be very helpful to actually diversify the market and the industry. While we are encouraged by the amount of commitment that we've seen, a lot of it will boil down to what is available on day one in terms of technical support and resources. I could not agree more. The greatest obstacle to funding for equity cannabis businesses, however, lies beyond New York's borders and outside of its control. Although cannabis products, and the use thereof, have varying degrees of legality in New York and other states, they remain illegal under federal law. Thus, bankers who lend or offer services like checking accounts or credit cards to cannabis-related businesses, even those businesses, if they are state licensed, could still face federal prosecution as money launderers and or as accessories to drug trafficking. This is why opening up a cannabis business bank account is very different from opening up a personal account. Cannabis banking fees are much higher than a regular account because these banks have a ton of regulatory paperwork to submit. They have to monitor every single transaction and they have to send reports to the state on a quarterly basis. We have researched several banks, and they all offer different services, which is why we want to educate you on the different offerings available today and how to make the best decision for your business. Which leads me to today's guest. He may be the very first banker to ever come on a cannabis-themed podcast, which I'm pretty excited about. (laughs) Let's listen in as my partners and co-hosts, Quan Liddell and David Rabinovitz, interview Christopher Powers, the VP of Development at Sunmark Credit Union, who offers banking to the cannabis industry, including licensees and their employees.
1: Hey, welcome, Chris. Uh, my name is Quan Liddell. I'm with Cube. Um, I'm a card applicant looking to... Uh, find out information in regards to uh, what lending institution is going to be best for me going into this cannabis business, seeing that if I do uh, obtain this license. So can you state your name and what
3: credit union you're from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Happy to be here. Um, So my name is Chris Powers. Uh, I am the vice president of business development at uh, Sunmark Credit Union. Um, we are a credit union uh, that is headquartered in Latham, New York. Um, we've been around for about 85 years now. About uh, a billion dollars in assets. Um, have about 80,000 members uh, at the credit union. Uh, and we currently serve um, about 14 different counties in New York. Uh, with credit unions, we have something called the field of membership. Um, so basically to bank with Sunmark, you'd have to be within our, our, our field of membership. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Now, what's the
1: primary business of Sunmark?
3: Yeah, so Sunmark, you know, as a credit union, you know, banking services. You know, we offer banking services uh, to both uh, consumers, so your your personal accounts, your savings, your checking, your loans. um, And we also have uh, business accounts. Um, We're able to help uh, our business members. Okay. Now, seeing that I'm coming coming in from the the ground ground
1: floor, floor... Um, can you okay. tell me a little bit, what's the difference between a actual bank
3: and a credit union? Sure. So, you know, from from the surface, a bank and credit union are probably going to look very similar, meaning that, the, you know, the products that a bank offers are going to be very similar to what a credit union offers. Um, again, your savings, your checking, and so forth. But really what the difference is, is the structure of a credit union and a bank. Um, a credit union is a non-for-profit financial cooperative. Um, so really what that means is our board of directors for one are volunteer boards we're banks they're not um, And really where you see the difference with credit unions is not only in the service but our profits because we're a non-for-profit organization our profits are really returned back to our members you know we don't call customers I know banks call you know if you have an account at a bank you're a customer with a credit union you're a member um, and we're able to return our profits to, the members in the form of lower ro- loan rates, higher dividends on deposit products, and, and overall great service.
1: Okay, awesome. Now, who um, who regulates credit unions and who regulates the banks?
3: Absolutely, this is, this is a, a big question um, that I've gotten over. And banks are going to be regulated by FDIC, where credit mm-hmm. unions are going to be regulated by NCUA. Um, Big question I have is, you know, I go to a bank and it says, you know, my my account's insured up to $250,000 by FDIC. It is the same thing at a credit union, but you'll just see it's insured up to $250,000 by NCUA. Um, Also, Sunmark, we're a state chartered, a New York state chartered credit union. So along with being regulated by NCUA, we're also regulated by uh, New York state uh, DFS.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Now, how did the credit union um, get into cannabis business, and how about how long ago did it get into it?
3: Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is a fairly new program that we're offering here at Sunmark. Um, it's probably been about five or six months now that we've officially, you know, kind of opened up uh, the program. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to our board of directors uh, and our executive team really starts there. You know, I think we're a very forward-thinking organization, um, and I think they identified that Um, you know, there's a need in this space, um, you know, credit unions in general have always been an institution that served the underbanked. And, you know, in in my opinion, I I mean, the cannabis space is a very underbanked space. So, you know, it kind of fit hand in hand, um, for us. So, you know, we're excited, um, to, to now offer cannabis, you know, banking, um, and and we feel we're going to be able to make, make an impact, um, in the cannabis space
1: yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a pretty exciting ride. Um, now, how did you yourself end up being the credit union's uh, cannabis guy?
3: So, you know, it, it, it came down to, you know, we have a great team at Sunmark. So, um, you know, we have a lot of people working behind the scenes. Um, that have done a passive job of, you know, getting our program um, up and running. But really, when, you know, talking internally, we thought it was a great idea um, coming from the business development team. Uh, we, you know, we currently work with a lot of local businesses right now, um, and we really wanted to bring kind of that private banking experience um, to our cannabis members. So allowing it to kind of fall under that business development umbrella, you know, really will give a personal feel to the account. You know, if I talk to you, uh, you know, initially and you open an account, you know, I'd be your point of contact. So. You know having a direct line to your bank or your credit union um what was important for us so um that's kind of how i fit into this puzzle if you will gotcha
1: gotcha now what are like some of the things that you learned thus far and like some of the things that's been like a surprising
3: revelation or it's been most concerning yeah you know i think you know again this, this 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 is a new space i mean i've been in the credit union industry now for 13 years um so this is something new um not like Sunmark going into, but you know, myself. Um, you know, it's been a really great last couple of months, you know, just having conversations with people in the cannabis space and you know, learning about their businesses and learning, you know, how they got um, into the space and so forth. But you know, I, I think it's really refreshing to see. I mean, the cannabis community is 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 fantastic. I mean, just the support that is offered to each other. I mean, I'll talk to somebody and they'll say, hey, I know. This person getting people connected and looking to help others, not only themselves and their business, but also looking out for the other businesses within the industry. So I think that was, you know, really, I would say surprising, more refreshing, if you will. Um, You know, from a concerning standpoint, and it's probably more of, you know, the financial institutions in the cannabis space. There's not many. And, you know, a lot of people that I do speak with um, are are really looking for a, a place to bank and there's just not as many options as maybe they initially thought. So that's probably the one, I guess you can say concerning things, just the amount of uh, financial institutions.
1: Right, right. Now, why can your institution bank marijuana related businesses, but most banks won't even touch them?
3: Sure. So I think, you know, it comes down to, you know, we are a New York State uh, chartered credit union. Um, New York State Department of Financial Services has been in support of state chartered banks and credit unions. Um, in the cannabis space, so you know, being a state-chartered credit union, it allows us to to enter this um, the space. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Now, what's the difference? Um, what's the difference about um, a cannabis account other than other any other
3: business account? Sure. So, I mean, I think you know, for the most part, it will look somewhat similar. Um, you know, right now, um, Sunmark, what we're going to be offering is going to be more on the deposit side. Um, you know, lending will potentially come down, uh, come down the line. Um, but, you know, really what you'll see the difference is, is kind of during the, the opening process of an account, there's a few more documents um, and the process may be just a little bit longer than a standard account. Um, you know, a cannabis account won't necessarily have all the access that a typical business account has, but um, you know, I think we've done a really good job of offering products that will be very beneficial um to someone opening up whether a dispensary or um, a cultivator or so forth gotcha gotcha
1: now what are the steps to opening uh, a cannabis account can you like walk us through the application process a little bit
3: yeah so i think you know the first step would be to you know reach out to myself or someone on our our business development team here um you know we like to have an initial conversation I and mean, i think there's a lot that can come out of a first conversation you know we, we like to learn about the business about the individuals that are going to be owning the business, uh finding out what they're looking for. So you know, first step would be to to reach out to us. We'll have an initial conversation. Um, you know, we have some questions to help um, you know, that conversation go as well, some questions that we're gonna ask. Um, you know, but but ultimately if you're ready to open an account, basically what we would do then is um, you know, get you an application um to complete, um, along with sending back a, a couple of required documents um, needed to open that account. Um, you know, we would go for, through, you know, those steps and we'd be right there with with the individual. Gotcha. Now roughly
1: about how long does it take to complete the application and like what's your
3: your, your turnaround time? Sure. So so let's just say we send you out an application, um, you're going to complete that application. Let's just say for conversation purposes you're uh, an LLC you know, we're going to ask you for your driver's license or all driver's license for all owners of the account. Um, you know, we're going to look for your your articles of organization, your operating, room, federal tax ID number and so forth. So, you know, from completing the application, getting that back to us, um, you know, typically I've seen it takes a couple days for people just to grab that information, um, you know, so it's going to take a couple days for that. And then um, mm-hmm. from there, we're able to submit and, and review the application. Okay.
1: Now, on your review end, what is the review process typically? Um, do you have? Can you give us like a little detailed walkthrough?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, you're probably looking from submitting your application, um, especially opening the account, if you will. I, I would say about a week or so, just from uh, the review standpoint on our end. Um, you know, just to get that account open. So, probably about a week, um, or a little bit, you know, week and a half or so. Okay. Is there any
1: fees uh, associated with it or um, any other
3: charges? Yeah. So we, we, we do have fees associated with our account. Um, You know, and I I think, you know, before I go to the fees, I think it really comes down to, you know, the the, uh, cannabis account does look a little bit different than the standard account, just based on the regulatory and reporting requirements on, on our end. So, you know, if you are a pre-licensed account. So someone who is in the process of applying for a license. Um, And again, these fees are as of today, you know, October 6th and obviously, you know, subject to change. But, you know, as of today, if you're a pre-licensed account, the initial setup fee would be about $500. Mm -hmm. From there, we don't have any fees on our pre-licensed account monthly fees. Once your um, business is licensed, there would be an additional $500 setup fee so in total a thousand for the setup fee and we're looking at a thousand dollars a month for our uh licensed businesses gotcha gotcha
1: now how do those costs compare to uh non-cannabis businesses
3: it's it's different because typically a not you know a standard uh business account there aren't any other fees um monthly fees that we have um unless you have a different type of a a, a hiring um savings account but um it's going to look different just because our standard accounts are, are pretty much fee free, if you will, um, other than your standard, you know, overdrafts and so forth. But um, that is where it's going to look different, just based on the on the monthly fee that we have for our, our cannabis accounts.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Now, now this is a a question that me being, like I said, a, a card applicant. Mm-hmm. Um, what if my business does not touch the plant? but I do service the industry. Do I need a cannabis account to
3: start or what do I need? Yeah, I mean, I think, so we've kind of broken it down into our our direct accounts. So we consider like a direct account, a flower touching. Um, So your cultivators, your dispensaries and so forth. If you are, as we call it, an indirect account. So let's just say you are an accountant or HVAC and you're gonna be working in the cannabis space. Um, You know, Basically, those it would be a standard account that we would have for you. So there wouldn't be any, any fees on that. But um I think it's important anyone in that in that field um should check with their current bank if they have one. Um, just because if a certain part of revenue is generated um from the from the business, um they may have an issue with the bank account. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important to check if you're going to be doing an indirect business, if you will, to check on, um, that institution, if they're able to bank that, but we are, um, so if you're in that space, we'd love to have a conversation with you.
1: Okay. Now are the indirect account fees different? So there are,
3: so indirect fees, there are no fees, it's a standard account. So there wouldn't be like the monthly fee for like a licensed account. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Um, if I'm just starting out, right, and don't have a license, um, now, how? Sorry, how does the how does the cash get deposited? Do we need transportation? Do we need, or can we do it ourselves? How how exactly does the um would I go about doing that?
3: Yeah. So any anyone that's so let's say your dispensary and and you're going to be probably cash intensive at that point. Um, we are going to contract a cash courier service for anyone that works with us. So all cash deposits would be picked up at the location. Um, so we're we're not going to have anyone bring cash deposits into a branch per se. Uh, it would all be contracted through a, a, a cash courier service. Um, so that's, that's the cash. Yeah, that seems account.
1: super convenient. Definitely super convenient.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, what other services do you guys offer um, in the cannabis business?
3: So right now, we're, we're going to be on the deposit side. Um, so what that looks like is you'll have access to online banking, mobile banking, um, bill paying e statements, um, along with domestic wires, savings and checking accounts. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, lending is not something we're, we're we're in right now. And it could be something that we do in the, in, in the future, but it's going to be more on the on the deposit side right now. Gotcha.
1: Do you uh, finance cannabis real estate?
3: Cannabis real estate at this point, no, um, just because it falls under that that lending piece. Um, but that could be something down the line that we do. But right now, we're not um, we're not offering lending options. None whatsoever.
1: Okay, great. Well, um, I mean, that's um, you're pretty thorough, um, David. Are you there? I am. I am Kwan. Okay, you've yeah, done a great I mean, job. So I've been able to be very quiet. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, no, I mean, everything is is being answered. That I am, like I said, being a calm um, a card applicant, I'm just uh, most most card applicants are probably not familiar with the uh, the banking side of the cannabis industry, and so I appreciate you coming on and being very thorough with me and um shining shining some light on you know some of the things that I'm going to be going through trying to find out where. To you know, uh, who to bank with really? So, um, David, do you happen to have any questions
3: on your end? No, I think we've tackled all of them. I think this has been a great, a uh, great interview, Quan. Especially Chris. Chris sounds like they've got a great program at Sunmark, yes. and and that they're tuned in to know what they need to do to service a cannabis client.
1: Yeah. Well, Chris, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, having that talk with you uh seeing what happens in the future so uh i appreciate everything thank you
3: yeah absolutely this is great i really appreciate it and uh yeah anything that comes up we're we're here to help
1: definitely and you have a wonderful day and um i appreciate everything again
3: absolutely i appreciate it thanks chris thanks Quan thank all
1: right have a great one
3: you too
0: Wow, thank you, guys. Those were some amazing questions. Ah, so much to learn, right? Well, we just take it slow, one day at a time, or one podcast at a time. So tune in next week to learn all about LOIs for your supply and an interview with New York's largest cannabis farm, Hepworth Farms. This podcast is for educational purposes only and does not address all issues pertinent to the topics discussed. We are not associated or endorsed by the Office of Cannabis Management or any other federal or state agency. Nothing here constitutes legal advice, and anyone pursuing a license should seek representation. Please be mindful that possessing, using, distributing, and or selling cannabis is still a federal crime, And no advice we give is intended to provide any guidance or assistance in violating federal law.